Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, strong alongside of Jimmy. And uh, if you did not check out our live stream that we did for six hours yesterday, you are not a <laughs> fan and you should go watch it totally right now. We reacted to the uh, Traves live in person, but uh, we kind of just, it was just more reaction. Now that things have kind of settled in, I want to go through all the trades the Blackhawks made and all the trades around the NHL. We're going to start with the Blackhawks ones, but uh, first, Jimmy, you have a story to tell us? Uh, this is a fun fact story. So my uh, good friend Julia from Germany informed me as uh, today I pronounced... Uh, uh, we huh? did not give credit to her for the beautiful artwork. She yes. Made for the- oh my god. It is gorgeous. It's that uh, meme uh, from Parks and Rec. It's like, it's beautiful. I've stared at it for five <laughs> hours now. That was me when I saw the picture. Yeah, she did it unexpectedly. She didn't even tell me about it. And then in the morning she just like she texts me and she's like, like, check your phone, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I check my phone and I, I text her back and she, uh, she, uh, hit me with that. And it's just, wow. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's, it's so good. So damn good. Um, but, uh, today, yeah, I, I, I pronounced, uh, I pronounced the brand name Adidas and, uh, she filled me with an interesting story. Um, so, here in America, we might joke around and uh, pronounce it Adidas just to be, you know, to sound funny or whatever, because it's, you know, the opposite of how you say it. Hilarious. I know comedy. Um, but apparently that's actually how it's pronounced. Adidas. Adidas. Yes, it is. It was created by the uh, man Adi Dassler. His brother, um, Rudolf Dassler, created Puma. Um, so apparently there was a feud between their wives 
and Rudolf Dossler um, was suspicious that his brother um, Adi, well, Adolf, short for Adi, um, Adi, short for Adolf. Bro, you might even call him sus, am I right? Yeah, a little sus. Um, but uh, his he believed or was a little paranoid thinking that his brother Adi had uh, forged his uh, uh, some papers that sent him into war where he ended up being incarcerated in an American camp. So they became enemies in their uh, with their two battling brands, Adidas and Puma. They were brothers. And was this in the 30s and I 40s in Germany? Say. Yes, I believe around 43, something of the sort. Yes. So like right before the end of World War II? It was during World War II, yeah. That's, oh, it that's was, why he right? got incarcerated. Yeah, that's why he was incarcerated, because he was put into the war. So, yeah. It's insane. So yeah, Adidas and Puma. Um, have have all, apparently always been conflicting brands, and I did not know that until now. With such a wild story, it's funny because I'm pretty sure I've worn those two brands together like a lot of my life. So, oh no, for sure, for sure. Everyone jokes about my... Nike and a Nike and a, I should say Adidas being a, a party really, foul, but the really it's... the real battle out here is Adidas and uh, Puma. A Puma. Yes. A Puma. Puma, yeah, that's that was not actually a German an interesting. Accent. That was an interesting factoid. Anecdote. Yeah, I, I, I she told I me that. I'm like, that. I have to tell that. I have to tell that in the podcast. Like, that's just such a weird, obscure, but fascinating uh, little story. But uh, yes, obviously, uh, very related to hockey. Obviously, um, hey, I mean, we could you could definitely transition. We, have, the, we drafted a player from Germany. It's very cool. You could transition into the fact that two that the uh, t- um, only team with, I believe, two German players um, was completely quiet at the deadline uh, because yeah, they pick and yeah. choose when you want to go all in. We'll get yeah. into that. So, yeah. so yeah. I, once again, like we live streamed the trade deadline like six hours yesterday. It was, <laughs> and and if you want to watch that, you can watch it on YouTube. It's on my channel, Pie of Pierce, and uh, yeah. Um, but now we're just going to give our takes on the trade. Cause it was more like reaction on the trades and be like, Oh, this, this is who they got. This is who they got. And I were to like, kind of go more in depth with them. So yeah, again, we're gonna, it, yeah. uh, again, we're going to start off with the Blackhawks first trade. Uh, the first trade they made of the day was, uh, Matthew Highmore for Adam Goddett. And, uh, I first saw the tweet from Pierre Lebrun and it's like, we're getting Adam Goddett. Okay, cool. But, uh, Oh God, who are we giving up? It better not be anyone substantial. And then I saw the return. It's like Matthew Highmore. And then I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty good trade. And, um, I think I saw like Harmon Dial said that a scout within the organization said that, uh, Matthew Highmore, they like his, uh, his work ethic and, uh, all that stuff, like his grittiness and, uh, that he is more of a sure thing to be an NHL player because he will play on the fourth line. See, this is what's so, this is what, I wouldn't say it's so Canucks, but it's so hockey man, Jim Benning. Well, that's Matthew, what Jim Benning is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matthew Highmore is a solid player. He's a solid NHL player, right? He plays, he can play I scored from the goal line in the playoffs against Robin Leonard. I can even behind. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah. I like Matthew Highmore. I like the player, I do. Um, he just was not doing well he, this year. And, yeah, uh, he didn't fit in. You totally he, trade him for Goddard like 100 times out of 100. Tra- if, I, I was like, if they had said the Canucks got Highmore, I'm like, okay, well, it's like a, you know, like a fifth-round pick or something. You know, they want to pick him up and... You know, maybe he's a you know a guy they want to keep for the future is like you know like a fourth line guy. Obviously, you know looked good in the playoffs when he was playing there, or when he was in them. Uh, Can't wait till he pots twenty playing with Pedersen and Besser. Yeah, right. You know, I see the attraction there. I do. Um, what they see in him uh, are definitely things that I don't see in him. We're talking about uh, his speed. 
Um, what was it? His speed, I think, was the first thing they brought yeah, up. Speed, and that's something he does not work have. Work ethic and grit and something of that nature. Work, yeah, hockey man stuff, right? Work ethic, yeah. grit, blah, blah, blah. I agree. He does have fantastic work ethic. He does have uh, a lot of heart and grit. Sure, whatever. Uh, speed's not there. And that's fine. But he does not have speed. Maybe he finds finishing ability, I guess. I mean, it, it, the thing is, he's a sure fourth liner. You know what you're getting in him. He's a good fourth liner, sure. So you're you're trading for who you what you know is a replacement player for a guy who who could be a middle six, a, a genuinely good middle six forward. I take that trade from the Blackhawks all day. Oh, definitely. So this is from Harmon Dial. Report on Highmore I got from one league source. Less hockey sense, skill, and upside slash ceiling than Gaudet, but he might be the better NHLer of the two because he's has a clear identity as a hard-working fourth liner. Can we go back again? Can you read the first part? Okay. Less hockey sense, skill, and upside slash ceiling pause, than pause, Gaudet. Pause, 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 pause. He's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think Jim Benning got him? He isn't as smart of a player. He isn't as skilled, but he works hard. But he works hard, and he's a clear fourth liner. It's not like he's been scratched on the Chicago Blackhawks of all teams. I wouldn't say the Canucks are far beyond the Blackhawks in terms of their forward depth. No. However, they definitely aren't below them, I wouldn't say, by any means. Definitely not. And he was playing. He, he played 33 games. And sure, the production wasn't there. We've seen it before. He's only a year removed from a decent season. And I mean, you're going to a team, again, we, we've been saying this, this is prospect rehab. This is prospect rehab in Chicago. And it's worked. It's worked. So I really like the chances on getting a guy like Gaudet. I really like that. You know, obviously I'm a little biased. I'm a, I've been a fan of him uh, from when he got into the NHL. I wouldn't say, maybe not a fan, but, you know, I like his game. You know, Obi Baker winner in 2018 with yeah. Northeastern University with uh, Dylan Sakira, former 20-goal, yeah. 40-assist man for 60 oh points. <laughs> you know, and I, he, he was great in college, and a lot of guys are great in college and aren't great in the NHL, sure. But he's he was solid last year. Um, the one thing I looked into, because uh, you and I were talking about this, is uh, his possession numbers aren't exactly the uh, prettiest. Um, but but I looked at his asterisk yeah so to add that asterisk what i did was i looked at his relative which was uh it wasn't good right you know it was 1.9 under in 2018-19 it was 1.4 under 2019-20 and this year it was 0.0 uh 0.07 above so each year moving closer and now is a little bit above average honestly god like we've talked about Corsi, i'm not going to you know i'm not gonna you know make or break my opinion on a player because of their Corsi. Corsi alone. I honestly think you should. It's like, <laughs> it's like, hold on, gotta check if his analytics are good. Oh my god, this might that, be a good trade. <laughs> yeah, um, Leafs fan, well, at Leafs fan, formerly at Vesatoskala. Better one of, one of yeah. the funniest pair of tweets I've ever, I've ever read. I, we read it in the podcast, uh, the, uh, well, yeah, the podcast live stream yesterday. Yeah. But I, I, I keep thinking about it throughout the day. I keep thinking about it. <laughs> If you want to pull that up and read it, because I could use it. 
<laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read this from Harmon Dial while you do that. Uh, sure, Benning, sure. Jim Benning on Matthew Highmore. We really like him. We've seen him in the bubble. He plays with a lot yeah, of energy, yeah, yeah. a lot of passion for the game. We've had our eyes on him ever since he was a junior free agent. He's fast. He gives us some speed. Sorry, there's a disconnection, but uh, we're, we're good now. Um, so yeah. to sum the Highmore for Godet trade up, I think it's a good gamble for the Blackhawks and uh, Vancouver. Um, it's just it's the most Vancouver trade ever. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember that trade they made way back when, where it was uh, Hunter Shinkarik to Marcus Calgary Grandland. for Marcus Granlund? That's exactly yeah. what. But Shinkarik hadn't put up. I don't know if Shinkarik had uh, any initial success. Shinkarik hasn't amounted to anything, but at the time he had a lot of potential. And oh, he did. Of, he did. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like with Godet now, and mm-hmm. it might be the same thing. Maybe Godet isn't much, but uh, I like, I like the gamble for the Blackhawks definitely. Um, oh, look, hold up, Hunter Shinkarik. I mean, he was supposed to be good. Yeah, he was a uh, first round pick in 2013. Played for the Mason Hat <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, let's see. Hunter Shinkarik was in 2013-14. Calgary Flames. Yeah, he never hit. He hadn't really done anything. He didn't do anything with the Flames. He had three points in seven games. Before that, he had one game with Vancouver. He was putting up. He was putting up points in, in Utica. So I mean, there's that. But with Gondet, you've seen him do it in the NHL level. So there's yeah, something what, there. 33 points in 59 games last year. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Like, I'm not I'm not saying the guy's a fantastic player or anything, but, you know, like, yeah, all around. Sure, there's, you know, he has, you know, his uh, his problems for sure um, in terms of his game, but to just to look at him and just go, oh, well, that's it. He's done. You know, that's, that's what he is. It's ridiculous. How old is he, 23 or something? Uh, he is 24 years old. A little older, yeah. But like, still a guy who has a lot of potential. Like he could be a middle six bottom. Like a, I'd see him as like a really good. Definitely third liner. a third liner, I think. Yeah. I don't know if he's much more than that, but. I would love off Pia Suter, Adam Goddard, third line would be pretty nice. I would really like that. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to add to that trade? Do you want to get on to the next one? Uh thank you, Jim Benning. Next one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Next trade, we traded Matias Yamark to Vegas for a 2021 second-round mm. pick and a 2022 third-round pick. Um, the, the theme with the de- deadline was was there was a lot of picks from 2022 and 2023 being traded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like 20, 2020, 2021, this draft uh, has not been scouted at all. I don't think the OHL has played. Like the WHL and QMJHL have barely played, I think. The mm-hmm. USHL, I don't even know. I think the USHL played. I'm not exactly sure. Like a lot of the hockey was played in Europe, but uh, uh, I think teams are a lot more a lot more mo- willing to move draft picks this year as opposed to next year when you'll probably get more viewings and stuff. And, right. Uh, well, the draft the fact- day uh, game tape is going to be really interesting this year for yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, the thing heading up to the to the deadline was, was Matias Yamark went really cold, which really couldn't have come at a uh, worse time for the Blackhawks, but thankfully they got a second and a third out of it, which is uh, pretty good for them. Um, <laughs> the fact that they got the same, if not more, back for Yamark than uh, oh, Buffalo got for Taylor Hall, which we'll obviously get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a solid trade. And uh, yeah. Matias Yamark, and I, 
I know we brought up the fact earlier, it's like, hang on, what are his analytics? And his analytics were not good on Chicago, but I think his work fits perfectly in Vegas, just with his speed, ability, the, the ability to uh, put the puck in the net once every once in a while, and as good uh, defensive stats. Obviously, his stats are terrible on Chicago, but again, that's Chicago. On a good team like Vegas, that's one of the best teams in the NHL in terms of shot share and possession and all that. I think um, his stats will go up. So, um, oh, sure, yeah. But I do, I do, I think, I think this is a great trade for the Blackhawks, though. Um, yeah. Again, uh, the the fact they were able to get a second and third when things weren't looking so promising, um, I like that. And they've really loaded up on draft picks now. They got uh, eight this year, including uh, three in the first uh, the first two rounds, which is pretty good. Maybe they could potentially package those picks to move up if they see someone they like or even move down. It just gives them a lot more options, and uh, yeah. that's what the Blackhawks needed to do is accumulate a lot of assets like that where you get uh, some high draft picks and also prospects, which they did. It would be nice to see. Um, I, I mean, like, I would have... What am I getting at? I mean, the, uh, the being in 2021, the second-round pick, um, you know, it's a bit of a gamble. You know, it's like you said, there's... Uh, not many leagues even playing at all. So it's again, really a gamble when you get a pick in this draft, but, but I like it, you know, like this, this is a very, it's going to be a very boomer bust draft because you, there are going to be so many players. There are going to be so many players taken out of position um, in terms of a uh, draft position. You might so, get a top end talent that drops a second round. You might get a, a second round talent that goes in the first round, you know, or, just been yeah. that kind of year. So I, I like the gamble. I think that, I honestly really like getting a third round pick for 2022. I, I really like that. A third in that draft is a second in a decent draft. So um, I really like that pick. Uh, I really like them picking up that pick. And uh, I like that. I like. I think a second round is a pretty, a pretty high price for a guy like Yanmark. However, this is the deadline. You know, teams get desperate. You pay a lot. You pay a bit. And uh, we'll see more of that later in this podcast. But um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I really like that for the Hawks. Um, I'd like it more for the Hawks than uh, Vegas. I think will fit in there perfectly. But um, obviously, as uh, the deadline is, unless you win the Cup, uh, you did overpay. So at the moment, I uh, really like it for the Blackhawks, and I'm uh, interested to see what he does in Vegas. Yeah, like you said, if, if Vegas wins the Cup, then they, they won the trade because it doesn't matter. You did the thing you need to do. That's literally the – that's what you do is you go to win the Cup. That's the entire point. So if you win the Cup, you've won the trade. That's just how yep. it goes. Yep. Um. Next trade, uh, Dickens, uh, Josh Dickinson, I think it is, and mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Rolston, Ryder Ryder Rolston, go yeah. to Chicago for what a Carlson. great name too. What yeah, a great I know, name. That's an awesome name. <laughs> I know. So, man. um, Carl Soderberg going back to Colorado gives Colorado more depth. They're a huge Cup favorite. Uh, they didn't have to give up a whole lot to get him, so why not? Would you say he's a uh, Carl Rado Soderberg? Yes, good one. Thank you. <laughs> like he had some of his best seasons there so he did you know he really did yeah um not too much black back for the blackhawks uh i think josh dickinson is just like a, a minor leaguer at most i think he yeah. did put up point per game in the es echl i don't know how much that says but uh i would say just an hl or just more to make the contracts balanced 
in the mm-hmm. trade, but uh, I think the person that could be something is Ryder Olsen. Uh, uh, basically, you're getting a fifth round pick because he was drafted in the fifth round in 2020. Yeah. Um, played for the Waterloo Blackhawks in the USHL. Did have a rough year with Notre Dame, and that's a big thing. Stan Bowman loves uh, acquiring his Notre Dame players. Yes. So uh, he loves yeah. acquiring his struggling, struggling young players, and he likes Notre Dame players. This was the most Stan. That's Bowman like that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was salivating. Hey, I I would love to see him do well. I'm you know, big Notre Dame guy. You know, you don't know big Notre Dame guy. You know, big fan. So, uh, um, hey, I, I appreciate that part of it. But um, I, just looking at the player, I I watched some of his tape, which uh, is again mostly from Waterloo. Not much happened with Notre Dame. Um, no, I I like him. He, he honestly reminds me a lot of Godet. Just a uh, nice speed. You know, decent skill, decent hands, really nice shot. Um. I don't know. I like it. It looks like a guy who, you know, his ceiling's probably like a third liner at best. Um, but I like that. Hey, if you get that back for Carl Soderberg, that's awesome. So, yeah, I like it. It's a it's a good depth piece for Colorado, who is uh, looking to steamroll everything in their path, and the uh, Hawks get a little project and a decent minor leaguer player. So, I, I think it's good for both sides. I think that one's actually pretty uh, pretty even. Um, yeah, I think that too. Yeah, and if and if if and if Ryder Rolston doesn't pan out and Josh Whatever. Dickinson is yeah like a good AHL ECHL player who cares yeah Carl you gave up you gave up Carl Soderberg for him you know yeah you give up a guy who's on a one-year deal who's done not too much no offense to the guy he just hasn't done very much this year so he had not, his moments. yeah he, he he had his moments but you know it's not a guy like you know if, if they give up Yanmark for this I'm disappointed oh definitely but you gave up a guy who he was you know he was there, right? You know, he did his job, but not too much. And you're okay giving him up. And I think he'll do well in Colorado. Like you said, a lot yeah. of success there. So, hey, hopefully he finds that there. I definitely think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, the next trade, we acquired a 2021 fourth from Vancouver for Madison Bowie and a 2021 fifth. And again, uh, Madison Bowie, I kind of forgot he was even on the team. The most, uh, another very Canucks thing about this trade is now that they got Madison Bowie, they can now protect Tyler Myers in the expansion draft. <laughs> it was like on, on paper, I was like, oh, that's you know, it's a decent little trade. You know, Vancouver's probably gonna have a higher pick than you because they're both twenty twenty one picks, right? Yes. So you're you're moving up in the draft, and Vancouver's likely going to have a um, higher pick than you, so. So, you know, it's not just 31 spots. It's a little bit more, most likely. Um, I'm like, okay, well, Bowie, you know, you could probably play in the AHL for them, you know, decent piece. Uh, <laughs> then that comes out, and I'm like, oh, I forgot Jim Benning. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I, so, yeah, that's the Blackhawks trades. Uh, I think we said this on uh, the live stream yesterday, but I think I... I think Stan Bowman deserves an A minus for this trade deadline. Obviously, uh, to get like an A plus, he would have to got like a first round pick for Yamark. But again, that was a tough asking. But A A minus, I think that's good enough. And I'm right with you on that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into the NHL trades because there were some first round picks that were traded. There were some very uh, interesting trades as well. Yeah, the first one being uh, David Savard to Tampa Bay for a 2021 first and a 2022 third. Um, we've brought this up already. Uh, Tampa did definitely give up a bit too much for this. Great for Columbus just to get draft picks back. The fact you got a first out of uh, David Savard, I think, is great. But if you're Tampa Bay and you go back and repeat, then you win that trade. You know, they're 
I don't blame them for going for a defenseman like David Savard because they have an amazing team and getting a right-handed shot to play alongside of probably Victor Hemman gives them another shot at the Stanley Cup. I can't fault uh, Julian Breeswell for doing that. Yeah. David Savard and Victor Hedman is going to be a lot of uh, not fun. You don't, you don't want to play against that. And I know yeah. that kind of gets like, overrated, but like, no, you don't want to play against that. In the no, 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 no. I, I, I say I don't want to play against them if I'm, uh, if I'm on any other team because they're damn good players. Like, we're not talking about tough to play against, gritty, gritty. No, these are genuinely good defensemen. Hedman being arguably the best in the entire league. Yeah. Um, and I think David Savard is one of the more underrated defensive defensemen in the league. He's very so, good uh, defensively, but when you if you put him alongside of Victor Hedman, like I think he'll be fine. Oh, if that's if that's great. their plan. I don't know who they're going to. Yeah, play first and a third. I would have given up. I I think his price should have been more second and third. But again, we're talking. That's I feel like that's talking about just general worth, right? Whereas this is a trade deadline. You're not going to give up fair value for players. So no. in trade deadline. Uh, if we're looking at trade deadline rules, I like that. I like that a lot for Columbus, and I like that a lot for Tampa. Again, like we said, you know, you win the cup, you actually win. But um, I, uh, I like that for both sides. I think that, I think that might be the piece that Tampa Bay really needs. So I don't know. I really like that for Tampa Bay as well, maybe more than most people do. Um, next trade also involving the Columbus Blue Jackets, but the team they're trading to now is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do not like. Ooh, I want. I'm interesting to hear your thoughts on this being a noted Leafs fan. So, Nick Foligno to uh, Toronto for a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth. Uh, let's hear your thoughts on that. Um, noted Leafs fan. Noted Leafs fan. Yeah, I have no fucking clue what this trade is. I have no clue what this trade is. Um, it's it's completely out of Kyle Dubas's eye general range in terms of what he does um it's a guy who you know he likes to go for maybe you know younger players he knows when to add a veteran but he usually goes for guys we see galchenyuk you know guys of that sort um and i don't i i I just don't he's never been a guy to add someone like this right and to be well to really go for a guy like this a veteran a guy who hasn't produced much but his biggest asset is leadership right so i mean i could go down I could I could look up his trades, his uh, his his signings and whatnot, and you know, sure, I could probably dissect it and see what exactly his track record's been. But this just doesn't seem like a Kyle Dubas move. It really feels like Mark Hunter took the phone and worked for him, <laughs> it, or Lou Lamarella. That yeah, that's exactly what this trade feels like. It just does not feel like Kyle Dubas whatsoever. It's a guy who's put you know he's drafted smaller players. You know, he's a bit more of the uh, new style. You know, small and fast kind of guys. He's- progressive definitely he drafted sd is it sda i believe yeah Yeah, like he semian der archichensev i think yeah i'm never going to try to pronounce that name but uh it's like andre altibarmakian oh andre altibarmakian has been fine with me but uh i'm just gonna go with sda for now i think (laughs) um but yeah so nick felino is very much not it's just not a kyle dubas move to me at all and not only is it not a kyle dubas move it's a bad fucking move I, Nick Foligno, that's a great addition. That's a fantastic addition. Granted, you already have Joe Thornton and Spezza. If you really want this, you know, old leadership, you already have that. So I didn't understand that part of it. Um, but not only that, you give a first and a fourth. Really, Nick Foligno is worth a third at the most right now, alone. And I understand the captaincy. I understand that. Okay, fine. Bump it to a second. There's no way in the world you should be giving up a first, let alone also a fourth for Nick Foligno in 2021. 
again, if they win the cup, they win the trade, but it's a dumb fucking move. Now, I like Kyle Dubas. I've defended Kyle Dubas, but this is a just a dumb, panicky move. And it seems like it's coming from a guy who's been given a lot of flack for, for playing a lot of young players, for not having a, you know, a strong core. You know, a lot of players don't seem like they're, you know, being kept in a, you know, in check and whatnot. If that's what you're going for, get it. But this just, you don't give up that much to get that. That's all I have to say. Well, I agree with you on the fact that it's too much value, but if you are the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, you are going all in to win that Stanley Cup because at least in their minds, they think they probably have a clear path to at least the conference final because the first two rounds will be against Canadian teams, which uh, I don't think they're a clear favorite, but I think they have a very good chance of making out of that. And Toronto definitely looked at Tampa Bay last year, like what the moves that Tampa Bay made where they paid a first-round pick for Blake Coleman, a first-round pick for Barkley Goudreau, and you're thinking, okay, that's uh, not the best value, but again, you look at it, they won the Stanley Cup. Um, I don't think it's the best value for Toronto, but uh, I like how Toronto's like saying, fuck it, we're going all in, and uh, Nick Foligno, he brings that, I know, again, again, it gets overrated, but he brings that leadership, he brings that grit, he's hard to play against, and uh, Toronto, they have plenty of skill, and you just need those guys that are a pain in the ass to play play against you need Toronto to be that pain in the ass team to play against so I do like it from that aspect but again we got to see if uh, Toronto makes a fart as if they exit in the first round again then that's not a great asset management for it by Kyle Dubas yeah if they lose in the first round I might just jump off a cliff at this point oh my god I if they lose in the first round after this it's 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 the most it's the in, at that point, it's the strongest or the most wasted, best wasted opportunity in recent Leafs history to get back to the promised land. Easily. At least win around. Like. Christ, that's what I'm saying. It's mind-numbingly frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. And I understand, I understand what you're coming from with that, but they didn't do what Tampa Bay did last year. Just because you trade a first-round pick for a guy who people go, oh, well, you shouldn't trade a first-rounder for them. That's not, that's, it almost feels like they're trying to copy it in this weird Frankenstein way. You give up a first for Blake Coleman because Blake Coleman's one of the best defensive players in the entire league. The Barkley Goudreau one was the one I questioned. But just because you get a, a first was given up for Barkley Goudreau, it, that, that still wasn't a good move. He didn't. I don't remember Barkley Goudreau providing this vital need that the Tampa Bay Lightning had. Maybe I didn't see this because I'm not a Lightning fan. I didn't watch every game, but I don't remember that. I remember Blake Coleman doing it because even if I didn't watch the Lightning every game, he was up on the score sheet. I could see him in the highlights. He was making. He was doing things that were. He was doing things that were affecting the game. He was making an impact, and maybe Nick Foligno can do that. I sure hope to God that he does. But I just I, I don't see I don't see how that could happen. I, I don't see them I don't see it as the same thing as Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay got one of the best defensive players in the league. Nick Felino is not that. And that's fine, but just not worth the first round pick in my opinion. I, I don't think so either, but I also like it from the standpoint of, okay, this is our best chance to win probably in a very long time, but if they don't win, then that looks awful. But you know? isn't that who you need to do that? That's my question. Do you need Nick Foligno to do that? Really? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not Kyle Dubas, but well, I, yeah. guess, I guess we'll, well just I'm have sitting to in see. A, a basement. Uh is he We're no, we're literally a base we're literally basement bloggers right we're now. We're basement bloggers, basement, yeah. So yeah. I can't I can't I'm an arbitrary GM, so I don't know. So that and that's true. But 
I, I, again, I, obviously, there are things behind the scenes. Chemistry is, I believe, the most important thing to a team winning Nick any Foligno, cup. Nick from all I've heard, is, like, the best guy. He has a family and uh, has a wife. He has and... a family and a wife? That's yeah. a great guy. I know. <laughs> but, like, I don't know <laughs> if you saw... But, like, he seems like an amazing person. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, sorry. I didn't interrupt you there, but, uh, oh, no, I... No, I, I, I definitely agree that there's... There's my, cat. There's my cat. There's my cat. Yeah, yeah. You gave him too much. You shouldn't have got Folino. What do you think they should have done instead? Instead of getting Folino. Um, it's easy to say Hall, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the opinion. Let him talk, man. Let him talk. Cat is saying saying Hall. Yeah, or he's like, yeah, Taylor Hall. They could have gotten Taylor fucking Hall. We got Nick Folino. What is this? Well, he just wants to get some petting. Some pets. Aww, just um, attention. Just attention. Little attention. But if, but if no, you think don't this I don't. Because Hall really seemed to control his destiny, and he seemed to really want to go to Boston. That's what I heard. Sources, uh, sources were telling me. Um, my sources being a uh, Twitter tweets. Um, yeah, it sounds like he wanted to go to Boston. So I don't. I'm not going to go and blame Dubas for not getting him because it sounds like he didn't even want to be there. Yeah. But man, uh, I'm not, maybe is Matias Yadmark a more effective player? Like uh, probably, yeah. But I don't know. Is at the end of the day, I really, I will say one thing to end this on a positive note. There must be something they see in him behind the scenes, right? There must be something they see in him behind the scenes. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. That that's my one hope. Um. So. Again, like I've said a million times, I hope it works out. I don't like it right now, but hey, man, if he's if he's doing it in the playoffs and he's great behind the scenes, he's kind of that you know unsung captain. He's that glue guy. He's the glue guy. And you know what? We joke about it, but you do need that. You need yeah. that in your team. Jamal Mayers, man, 2013 for Game Five. Need that Put Andrew Shaw box to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, you need those guys. So I mean. Maybe it was a bit of an overpay. It was well, it was an overpay in terms of you know on ice production. Yeah, but hey, you know what? Sometimes there are intangibles that do matter, and I think you know team chemistry again, mo- the most important thing to any team. So if you can bring that, if you can kind of gel that team, if he is the glue guy, then I you know what? I don't hate it then because if you have a glue guy and you get this team gelled together, they probably win the cup. So <laughs> I'm fine with that. Well, Jimmy, if you think that trade is lopsided, let's get into this next one. Oh, Taylor man. Hall goes to Boston for a 2021 second round pick and Anders Bjork. Oh, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. I just honestly, I don't think I have any Sabres fans that are following me, but I just want to give one of them a big hug. I feel so bad for them. And I think I saw something... Uh, I saw a thing that saying that uh, Taylor Hall, like there was a Western team that uh, offered more for Taylor Hall, but Taylor Hall controlled his own destiny. So Kevin Adams' hands were tied, couldn't really do much, and uh, look what happens. You only get a second-round pick and probably like a bottom-six guy at best. That's uh-huh. not good at all. And that's putting it nicely. Yeah, the Hawks, you could argue, well, I guess you could argue, and this is, well, it's a trade that with the Hawks having a pick and the Sabres having a roster player, um, it's silly to compare, anyways, but it uh, they are pretty similar. Matthias Janmark and Taylor Hall received similar 
similar uh, trade uh, trade return. I can I know what I'm saying, but they yeah. <laughs> they have similar returns. It's I think the best way to put it is just that, like you said, Kevin Kevin Adams' hands were tied. This is something that you could argue that he put himself in that position, giving him a no movement clause. Yeah, exactly. I was going yeah. to get to that, but yeah, right. I I mean, it's a weird thing because. It, he really could argue that it was it was his fault for giving him an old movement clause, but that's how you bring a player like that in for a year, right? That's it's kind of what you have to do. So, I we you know we'll joke about it all day. It's pretty ridiculous how bad the return was, but um, that's just it's what it is. It's just it's it's a disastrous right. saga. The fact that Taylor Hall like he goes there for the money, gets a no movement clause, but things do not uh, work out. Well. Like, you missed you miss part of the timeline. He goes to Buffalo. Uh, claims it's somewhere he could see himself for a while. Oh, uh, that's true. But then has an awful season. season. Yeah. And to be fair, he has like a horrible shooting percentage. I think he's like fourth last among like NHL forwards. We've been saying like, this. It's not. It's Buffalo, man. It's Buffalo, yeah. and that's just what it's going to be. Unfortunately, there's something in the water there. And yeah. I know it sounds it sounds cliche to say that, but like. No, no, it is cliche to say that until we're talking about Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Something's going on there. All right, next trade would be uh, sorry, the like from uh, Boston. Boston's end of thing. That's awesome. Oh, it's even fantastic. if even I if they it. lose in the first round, like that's still a great trade because not only is Taylor Hall happy, you're probably making David Krejci happy happy too. And uh, Curtis <laughs> they need Lazar, to keep David Krejci healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. And uh, Curtis Lazar could be like a nice fourth liner for them. So a great sure. trade for Boston. I could see Lazar fitting in perfectly in Boston as well. Honestly, um, but yeah, no, that was that was. I think someone tweeted that out, um, and you brought it up on the podcast yesterday that the biggest winner of this is David Krejci. Yeah, finally has like a truly top top line winger or top. Apparently, they're going with Taylor Hall, David Krejci, and Craig Smith tonight, and they're playing Buffalo. Disgusting. That's that line is going to light them up. Oh, it's the Sabres, obviously. Taylor Hall is going to pot a hat trick tonight. Oh, I bet on it. Bet on it. Yeah, that would be oh, that would be just amazing story. Listen, I hate Boston, but I I am rooting for Taylor Hall here. He's had, you know, I've had my suspicions that maybe he is a locker room cancer, similar to Matthew Shane. Um, but I don't know. Like at this point, it's like I can't say that, man, because I've never been in the locker room. I don't know what they act like. So if there's any player that I that I believe is a locker room cancer, it's Matt Duchesne, and I like Matt Duchesne. He's been one of my favorite players since I got into hockey. But there's there's something to be said that every team he goes to gets a little bit that worse, or a lot bit that worse, is... and teams he leaves get a lot bit better. So yeah, it's true. I just don't want to make any claims. That's that's true. That is true. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't claim that, but man, if there's anybody I ever think it is, it's him. But Taylor Hall, um, just seems to have a just awful luck, and can't I mean, even pass his boating license. Yeah, I feel like an idiot. Can't pass my boating license. <laughs> I'm, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I forget what the exact quote was, but that's it's from like ten years ago. Is the funny part? Top hockey tweet. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, guys, look it up. It's fantastic. We've definitely brought it up once or twice. It's just definitely. that good. Um. Next trade here, uh, Jeff Carter for a conditional. This one's a long one, isn't it? Yeah, just because of, of the conditions. Right. Jeff so Carter for... Too. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. But uh, Jeff Carter for a conditional 2022 third and a conditional 2023 fourth. Condition being if Penguins make cup final and Carter plays in half of games. 
other condition if Carter plays in at least half or 50 games next season. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, let's just say uh, 20 or, yeah, 2022 third and 2023 fourth. Uh, LA retains half of Jeff Carter's salary. So a 2.7 million cap hit for the Penguins. He's also signed next season. Uh, what do you make of this? What are your first thoughts on this? Uh, this totally came out of the blue. I think it was Bob McKenzie who just dropped the bomb from retirement. That's why I love Bob McKenzie, even like when he's on, baby. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't, I don't understand it really. I think it's a good trade for LA. Just a yeah, guy you retain salary, but uh, you get a couple draft picks out of it. Uh, yeah. Jeff Carter just kind of seems on his like last legs. It kind of reminds me when they traded for Patrick Marlowe last year, like formerly a great player. But uh, how much is he really going to give you? And yeah. he's really dropped off. Maybe he can be an effective third liner. I don't know. Um, I think Pittsburgh's going to make the playoffs. I just don't know if they're going to go oh, far in it, unfortunately. But um, sadly, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs. To be honest, like I, I think teams like the Islanders, I would take in a series over them. Maybe Washington and maybe even Boston. But Pierce, uh, Pierce, what? Pierce. What are we going to learn that the Pittsburgh Penguins? are always going to be good when we think they're bad. They're always going to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. They're Jeff going Carter, to go into the playoffs. playoffs. Let's go. Mike, Mike Matheson is going to be a near point per game player in the Duncan playoffs. Keith, he's going to be Duncan Keith 2.0. Cody Cece is going to be Brent Seabrook. <sighs> no, you're right, man. You totally, you totally caught me off guard there. You're totally right. No, it's it's like you're right, right? You're right on paper. You're right on paper, and you're right. You're just but right. But you're wrong. <laughs> but we're all but I'm wrong because it's Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh yeah, is the... Have you seen Stranger Things? No, but... Okay, but there's the upside down. Pittsburgh is the upside down. Nothing makes sense in that silly fucking city, man. Nothing makes sense in that team. So I'm... I want to say that they're not going to do anything because I don't think that's a roster good enough to go anywhere past maybe the first round if you're lucky. But that's exactly, it's exactly the kind of team that always makes it to the finals when it's the Penguins. It's always that team. That well, just... to be fair, I thought they were going to go far last year and they got beat by Montreal. So maybe it's starting to get to a point where it's like, okay, maybe they're not that great. But again, why won't they just dial right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Listen, I don't have anything against Pens fans. It's just that damn. It's just team. your team. It's just your team has been too good for too long. It's it's how people felt about the Blackhawks during their run. Oh, okay. I, I get it. I get it. I understand it completely because I'm seeing it right now with the Penguins. Man, they just won't yeah. die off. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. They remind me a lot of the 2016-17 uh, Blackhawks, to be honest. Mm-hmm. On their I last mean, legs. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I'd have to agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, enough of shitting on Pittsburgh. The actual trade. The actual trade <laughs> never got to that. I think it's – I'm not sure I, I like it for Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, like you said, very, very uh, reminiscent of the Marlowe trade. Jeff Carter um, – Pensburg of SB Nation, they uh, likened it to the Matt Cullen trade. However, Matt Cullen actually had some legs under him at the time. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Carter is not exactly uh, the fastest player at the moment. So No, I think he had like an ankle surgery. They pointed that out. Yeah. yeah, let me pull that up because they specifically mentioned that they uh, underlined the season where he had that and where his production dropped off. And uh, yeah, that uh, was very notable or something that is I felt very notable about that, about his uh, 
career, Carter suffered a major ankle tendon injury in 2017, and that was one that took away a lot of his speed and ability to skate at a high level. In the three years prior, from 2014 to 17, Carter was scoring in the 60-plus point range. Since then, his stats have taken a big hit, and his goals have been halved. So, yeah, clearly affected him uh, greatly, and uh, his speed being... I mean, I'm not sure if that's something the Penguins are... Um, as uh, strong on their system as they used to be, but um, just this any you know just this current NHL you know um, obviously something you need. So uh, yeah, I'm not really sure I feel about that for Pittsburgh. Again, it's Pittsburgh. I'm sure he'll pot 15 in the playoffs. Um, yeah, you want to know what the last happened to the last team that acquired Jeff Carter at the trade deadline? Won the cup. Yeah, exactly. And guess who was the assistant GM in LA? Oh my god, <laughs> Ron yeah. Hextall. Yeah. There's just a, okay, like it was. I would fucking hate Pittsburgh to win another Stanley Cup, but just imagine Jeff Carter racing the cup in Pittsburgh to piss off Philadelphia fans. Oh, that would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, I, I I think it's. I like it more for LA. Carter yeah. wasn't gonna do anything there. They're not no. contending at all. It's fine. They honestly, they're probably a better team getting rid of him. Honestly, so I don't know. I I, I don't know. I uh, I like that trade for LA a lot. Right. Yep. Next trade is uh, Sam Bennett in a 2022 sixth to Florida for Emil Heineman and a 2022 second. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, new. Um, you know I like Bill Zito, but this is probably the first trade of his. You like what? You like Bill Zito? Oh, that's news to me, really? dude. No, I don't. Contrary to popular belief. Um. But uh, this is probably the first trade of his that I'm not a fan of at all. Uh, I, I don't mind picking up Sam Bennett, um, but I, uh, oh man, like a second is a little bit high for him. Again, trade deadline price, maybe. And he's a, uh, you know what I think? I've decided he's a former fourth overall pick. GMs love that. They love, yeah, they do. I, I, 12 points in 38 games. I mean, at the deadline, the most I'd give up is a third over, a overall, <laughs> third yeah, round. Third pick. overall pick for the fourth overall pick. Exactly. I'm putting my, I'm, I'm putting my luck in on this one. Uh, no, I, I, the most I'd give up is a third rounder, but not only did you do that, you gave up a second rounder in the better draft, the more secure draft. And a second round prospect from last year. Basically, All a right. second well, he was a second rounder from last year. It was yeah. last year? Oh, 2024. Yeah, Heineman's nothing to shrug at, too. Uh, he had 13 points in 43 SHL games this year with Lexan, I believe. Maybe, you know, prospects, you know, he could end up being nothing, but even then, like, he's a very... It's a good gamble. It's a very good gamble on a future, That's yeah. What they need to do if he, you're Calgary. I talked to Charles, and he said that um he regarded him as, or generally he's regarded as their best defensive prospect, if I remember correctly. If not, I'm, you know, remembering that wrong. It's on me, but uh, clearly a guy that the Panthers really like and a guy that the fans were high on. So, oh man, even just a second round pick is a bit much for me, but, um, the only positive I'd give, um, you know, anybody who's trying to, you know, any, any Panthers fans that may be listening that aren't named Charles, um, the, uh, the one positive I would look at it, um, look at it with is that he's going to Joe Quinville and Sam Bennett is tailor-made for a Joe Quinville team. So, um, I I think he'll fit in perfectly. I think he will have success with uh, the Panthers, no problem whatsoever. Um, just a case of uh, um, how 
how much he improves with Florida. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, again, I think it's a GM trying to kind of trying to kind of re- recreate that um, uh, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau acquisitions, except uh, Sam Bennett is a former fourth overall pick, and I think yeah. that played highly in the fact that he got a second and a, a former second round prospect and. Uh, yeah, he's ha- hasn't he's had a rough season this year, but you look at his playoff stats and he has shown up to be fair. Like 11 goals in 30 games is nothing to scoff at. And no. uh again, like you brought up, if he can like get it together under, uh, if there's a place he can get it together, it's definitely in Florida with uh Coach Q. I think he'll love him the way he plays. He plays that playoff style kind of hockey again I a lot knows, of games. baby. Yeah, a lot of uh, GMs are putting stock into that, but also Sam Bennett, I believe, is 24, 25 years old, so he can still oh. at least put it together because he did go in the 2014 draft. Um, oh, man, that is – he is way younger than I yeah. thought he was. He went, uh, he went uh, fourth overall, and Leon Dreisaitl went third overall. Oh, God. And I'm pretty sure there's a tweet. It's like, thank you, Edmonton, for drinking Dreisaitl. Now we've got Bennett. What a horrible pick. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a very historic hockey tour to me. But uh, again, a bit too much. But um, I mean, if if Bennett becomes something like if he can like become a decent middle six guy, I don't think that's that bad for Florida. But I, I would have honestly, I would have liked to see them take a bigger swing. You know, yeah. Especially since they clear up their cap space like that. Yeah, I I bet you that. I mean, Taylor Hall probably didn't want to go there. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, not saying that's what you were referencing, but it sucks because I would have loved to see him take that swing. But you know. Clearly, Taylor Hall or was go to Nashville for Philip Forsberg. I don't know if they want to give him up now, but you know, just see what the price is. Hey, but to be fair, they did get Nikita Gusev, which does help out. But yes, really I think that's that's well. like that's like a, a low a no risk move just because seven hundred thousand dollars and what could go like and if he doesn't work out, then it's one year at like seven hundred k. What what does it hurt really? But nothing at all. Nothing at all. Are they signing him for the rest of the year or is it next year? Yeah, just for the rest of the year. Interesting. All right, so on to the next trade. Uh, Hayden Flurry goes to Anaheim for. You want to try that name? Uh, Yanni Hockenpah. Hockenpah. What a hell of a name. And a 2022 yeah. sixth rounder. Um, right off the bat, I like it more for uh, Anaheim. Oh, certainly. I'm, yeah. I think Carolina was forced to make this move just because I think of the expansion draft. So. Might as well get oh, something. Really? I think Yanni Hockenpah can probably is like a seventh defenseman. He's a big guy. Right-handed shot, tough to play against. They get a draft pick. I think they were kind of in that position where they're like, okay, we're not going to get a ton, but I might as well at least get something as opposed to losing them in the expanded draft. I think that's right, what it was. Right. Sort of a fancier version of the uh, Carl Soderberg move. We just get something for him. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot for Anaheim, and he's still – God, how old is he? Hayden Ford? Uh, he went into the 2014 draft as well, so I believe he would be 24 or 25. Yeah, he's got time. He's got time. I think, you, yeah, with Anaheim rebuilding, maybe he can uh, move into a maybe like a second-line role. Maybe he uh, fits in there. Who knows? You know, new system, new team. Yeah, they're pretty good uh, at developing defensemen. Not so much the past couple of years, but like if they can get Hayden Fleury to be something, I think that's a great trade for Anaheim. Hayden Fleury, Josh Manson pairing, I don't think that'd be too bad. No, or uh, Hayden Fleury and Jamie Drysdale. That's not bad. Oh, either. okay, okay. Now we're talking. Yeah. Love that. Wow, I just just a thought. Hampus Lindholm. It's a name that just never comes up anymore. No, he got injured, but uh, oh, is he injured right now? Yeah, I think <sighs> I can't remember for how long. But uh, playing on Anaheim, 
where a lot of people don't watch, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not unfortunately, but like when they were good, I think a lot of people recognized Happens to the Home was good, but uh, now that yeah. they kind of tapered off, not, not as much people paid to attention to him, so he doesn't get as much recognition as he probably should. Yeah, I don't but, know if he's like, you know, hashtag analytics are like actually bad or whatever, and I'm an no, idiot. He's, he's a good defenseman. I, like a couple of years ago, he was a legitimate, like, like one of the best two-way defensemen in the NHL. I would love to see him in a Blackhawks jersey. Uh, would we all, I think. It wouldn't happen. There's no way they get out of Anaheim, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? Hampus Lindholm, Adam Bofist, just beautiful. Please. Hey, that could be an Olympic team, maybe. You know what? Maybe. Maybe. Or at least like a world championship pairing. Oh, I like that a lot, actually. That'd be really nice. All um, right. Oh, do you want to start off on this one? This one's, uh, this one's interesting. The last trade? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that you, uh... You can, uh, you can have the glory on this one. All right. Uh, holy shit. Uh, yeah. We're, we thought this trade deadline was going to be a dud, and I think it was uh, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. Kevin Weeks just dropped this bomb. So uh, at first it was just Mantha for Vrana and Panic, and I'm like, uh, okay. And then I saw the first and second. I'm like, holy shit, Washington, what are you doing? And, uh, oh, man, Steve Eiserman, just when you thought he was having, like, a quiet day, doing nothing, it was like, okay, what's Detroit doing? And they're kind of a loss because they didn't do anything. He swoops in and gets uh, trades Anthony Mantha, gets uh, Jakob Vrana, who I believe is an RFA this offseason, Richard Panic, who has former Blackhawks legend Richard Panic. Uh, I think he has two years left at 2.75, plus a 2021 first and a 2022 second. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is, but, like, that's so very much in Detroit's favor. Like Mantha and uh, Verona are at least like identical players. I think Verona has better uh, five on five production, but um, you have to you have to take in consideration in consideration that he's also playing with Kuznetsov and Backstrom and all those guys in Washington, whereas Anthony Mantha is playing on Detroit. But uh, the fact that they're even close, and then Detroit got the the first and the second, and like really that Richard Panic deal is nothing to them because they're a rebuilding team. They've got that cap space, and mm-hmm. they totally use that to their advantage. So incredible trade by Steve Eiserman, but this could also be a trade that works out for Washington. I do think they gave up too much, but I also think at the same time Anthony Mantha could be a beast. Uh, playing with Washington, just uh, like just imagine line. I don't think they're playing them together, but. Imagine just having to go up against Anthony Mantha and Tom Wilson in the playoffs. I don't think you would want to do that. Not only are they big and like tough, but they're incredibly skilled. You put Kuznetsov or Backstrom between those two, and you're not having a good time. No, definitely. They... Hell, even Lars Zeller, yeah. man. And yeah. from Washington's end, I felt like they kind of... I don't know how long... That, like Apparently, this is going on for a couple weeks now, but like, I felt like this was like a move they wanted to make... Because uh, like they saw the New York Islanders get Palmieri, um, they saw the Pittsburgh Penguins Peng- 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 get uh, Jeff Carter, and they're just like, okay, now we got to make a move. But I, even though I do think they did have this trade like together for a while, but I still think they gave up way too much for uh, oh for sure Anthony Mantha. Sure. But hey, if if you're Detroit, if Detroit somehow doesn't hit on those picks, which I don't think I do think they will because of Steve Eiserman is a genius, but. Uh, Incredible trade for Detroit. Washington, we'll have to see again if they if they have another cup this year. It's uh it's a win for them. If Anthony Mantha stays good for them for a long time, like that's that's fair for them. Like it's not as lopsided as you think it would be. But uh, Yeah, I think settling down after yesterday. So it's still a bad trade for Washington, but I think they warmed up a bit to it. Um someone said 
who was it? Was it even Kevin Weeks himself? Might have been. But you got to look at this as two trades. You're getting rid of the Ponic contract, which is in. Does he have two more years after this? Yeah, uh, I think he has one year after this. Right now, it's two years at two point seven five. I don't know if you'd if I'd want to give a second round for that second rounder. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, Verona for Mantha, one for one is not a bad trade. It's basically a wash, I'd say. Sort of. I feel like they're, they're different players and, you know, different styles. Oh, definitely. Like, like in terms of production, they're the same, but in terms of style, Verona's more speedy, but Mantha's more big, but also skilled. Sure. Or, sure, but yes, yes. Um, and I think that, but I think that's where it could work out better for one team or it could work out really well for both teams because I think that Verona is going to fit the style of play that Detroit is moving towards. Oh, just imagine Verona, Larkin, and Raymond Align. Yes, like exactly. The speed, young, pure speed and skill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in craftiness, you know, like that's exactly what Detroit's going for as they move forward. So I think that Verona fits that perfectly. I'm sure that his underlying stats are not going to be as pretty when he first plays there because he's playing he's playing on Detroit. Come on, like this isn't just the player we're looking at. Like systems do matter in this situation. Look at Yanmark, um, and how his stats went from Dallas to Chicago. These things matter. The team you play on usually matters, um, unless you're McDavid or some shit like that. Which there's only one of them. So uh, yeah, don't expect that. And Anthony Mantha, like you said, going from just this sorry Detroit team, which they are okay being that, you know, tanking. And yeah, that. they're not Buffalo. Like, they're purposely doing that. Yeah, they're fine with this. They're fine with this. All part of the Iser oh. plan. The Iser plan, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so like, Mantha's on this horrible team, and he's going to, to Washington, you know, to the Washington Capitals, who, yes, um, are in that sort of, like, they're – sort of rotting away right this is their last chance they can also win a stanley cup right let's yeah they're just the the clock is almost done ticking on them they're kind of like the 2016 2017 blackhawks i'd say 2016 really i'd say yeah i don't i don't know because i don't know because i think i think the pittsburgh penguins are the 2017 blackhawks i think the the washington capitals are just like a year behind that i think they're the 2016 blackhawks where it's like this, the sun is kind of starting to set there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no matter way, no matter what way you paint it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Sun's starting to set. And so a guy like Mantha, um, very good in the power play. If I recall, right. I believe. Very I, don't, good I don't know his power play production, but, uh, I do know he has a hell of a shot and that's going to be fun. You got, oh, uh, but yeah, playing in Washington, great. he's going to be, he's going to get his power play points. Oh Yeah. And so I, I really do think that Mantha is going to be much better than people are already giving him credit for. Um, but yeah, the, the big difference for me is that um, Verona wasn't getting the chances he deserved in Washington. No, I think he was scratched a couple of times. Yeah, he's their best possession player. And uh, so, you know, it's I'm curious to see what he can do, you know, with guys like Larkin and soon Raymond. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I could see this going really well for either side the more I think about it. Even just talking about it now, like, there's a lot of positives. Um, or there, a lot, there are positives for, for each side. I see more on Detroit's side, not a shot. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, like most people are saying, I see this 
going more in Detroit's favor. Um, I, I see it not as much as everyone else does, maybe after uh, sleeping on it, but still easily in Detroit. I, I, I was like, okay, what a fucking robbery. But like, uh, like as it kind of settled in, I'm like, okay, maybe it isn't as bad for Washington, but it's still in Detroit's favor. Right, it's a win, but it's maybe at least not as strong of a win. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into yeah. our winners and losers now. Um, yes, yes, yes. You want to go first for yours? Um, my biggest winners. I mean, first off, I'd say Detroit with that trade and just uh, I believe uh, Eiserman obtained a salary for a team or two. You know, got a couple of picks. So uh, right there, I think that I. Uh, you know, that's huge for them was a rebuilding team, getting a young guy like Verana, getting all those picks, just stocking it up, man. I think that's fantastic by Iserman, and I think that's exactly what this team needed. So huge win there for Detroit. Um, the first loser I'm going to think of would be the Buffalo Sabres. Again, yeah. an obvious an obvious choice. Um, uh, not really much needed to be said there. You got nothing for Taylor Hall, and that was your big fish, and you blew it. In fact, you uh, didn't even get a first for him, man. Like, I, I understand, again, his hands were tied, Kevin Adams' hands were tied, but it just, it's a bigger picture of, like, how terrible that management is in Buffalo. Yeah, um, and uh, your first winner and loser, I'd like to hear it. Uh, the Boston Bruins, like, now that we bring up Taylor Hall, like, they get, not only did they get Taylor Hall for such a low price, they got Mike Riley for only a third-round pick who was great on Ottawa, so it, it'll be interesting to see how he does on an even better team defensive structure in Boston. So I think that's a sneaky good pickup from. Honestly, I think he could like sign there and play there for a few years in their top four and be a a, a defenseman that kind of breaks out, kind of like a Matt Grizzlick. But um, uh, you know what? That's true. Yeah, Mike Riley, man. Yeah, underrated pickup. But uh, uh, yeah, I like I like what Boston did. I think they're winners, even if uh, they somehow like, it's a very likely possibility they lose in the first round. And even if they do, I still think they won that trade deadline just because of how little they give up for up Taylor nothing. Hall. You give up nothing, and you got a guy like Mike Riley who could yeah. be a good option long term. And so could Taylor Hall. Like he's yeah. not the guy. He's not the guy I mean, there in Boston. He's behind Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron, yeah. and even I mean, Krejci. That's a place I could definitely see him for a while. And I know he said that about Buffalo, but that's Buffalo. Boston is actually good. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm, I'm going to drive that quote into the ground. That's fantastic. But in all actuality, that is a place I could see him for a while. I, I think he, uh, like you said, he doesn't have to be the top guy. He's been decent as a top guy, but I like, like to Phil see how much Kessel better. in a way. Like, yeah. A bad, yeah. A bad, well, he was only on one bad team, but now that he goes to a team where he's not like the main guy there, kind of secondary role, maybe he can bring that kind of performance for them. I like sure. that. Um, and a loser, the Edmonton Oilers, because um, we brought this up earlier, the quote from Ken Holland. Well, I can't remember it verbatim, but um, uh, like he said, some you can pick and choose this year, something to the effect of this year's in it. But then what year is it then? Because you got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl playing the best hockey of their careers. Um Mike Smith is actually a decent goalie. Like, Darnell Nurse is having a great year. Tyson Berry is putting up all the points. Why wouldn't this be a year that you want to go in? And You're getting that scoring, in. too. Yes. You're actually getting that. Like, this, might, this is probably the best team Connor McDavid's ever played on. <laughs> Not that that's saying much, but especially in this Canadian division where you don't know who's going to win. Like, give yourself a I chance. The Oilers are playing well, and we're just like, wow, the Oilers are back. And they're playing yeah. Decent above average hockey. Yeah. But they did get Dmitry Kulkov, who's not a bad def- defenseman, very good defensively. But th- that's it? You couldn't get any oh, more? Oh, he was their only addition, wasn't he? Yeah, the only addition? Yeah. 
Good lord. <laughs> that can't be it for you if you really want I to know. make it far. And you never know when come playoff time, but from just from a, a standpoint of, of having needs and not addressing them, this is absolutely a loss for them. I completely agree. Like, like they couldn't have gone after Matias Yam. Like, I understand Taylor Hall because oh, yeah. I don't know if he wanted to go back there or not, but sure, sure. like Matias Yanmark, maybe Nick Foligno. I don't know if they wanted to pay that price, but do something. Yanmark wouldn't have been a bad price at all for them. I think yeah, that's fantastic. Do it, man. Like, bet on McDavid. Bet on Dreisaitl. They're your two I would, best I would players. Bet on the two best offensive players in the league. No, no, they you're do right. that. We have to. We, this can't be the year. You know, it's not like Mike Smith is having his maybe last great year in the NHL. Let's not waste. You know, let's. You know, there's no reason to. You know, to to uh, take. You know, to uh, to have that and uh, use it and not I throw hope it away completely. I, I hope they lose in the first round again, just to say fuck you. Not 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 for McDavid's case because McDavid can probably carry a series on his own, but like just to say fuck you to Ken Holland, like you should have made a move. I hope McDavid goes somewhere else in his career, man. I do I too. Hope he doesn't stay in Edmonton. Man, in Toronto Maple Leaf Carmack David's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, when you, especially when you get him for four million dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it just hit me. <laughs> oh man. Um what if Hall yeah. and McDavid both go to Toronto? By the way, uh, David Riddich, uh, speaking of Toronto, starting tonight. Oh, good for him. Interesting. Uh, that's – oh, man, I was going to say, I can't call the Leafs a loser because they made other moves that I thought kind of they, – they were all right. They didn't really – they weren't a winner or a loser. They made some good moves. They made some bad moves. Interesting to see how they work out, um, you know, past uh, just being on paper. Um, the – hmm. I'd say the the uh, my second winner would be uh, Columbus. I mean, yeah. they got a haul. They got a haul for uh, I mean for what they gave out. Uh, was it Derek David Savard? Uh, David <laughs> Savard and Nick Foligno for two firsts, a third, and a fourth. I mean, that's a great, great, great uh, haul for them. I believe for what they gave up. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, winner I have is the New York Islanders. Just getting Palmieri and Zajac for what they did for that price, I think that's a very fair price that they like a good price they had to pay for those two quality of players. And a loser, another Canadian team, the Winnipeg Jets. I loser. thought they could have done a lot more. Yeah, loser. I thought the Winnipeg Jets could have done a lot more. And uh, again, look like the Edmonton Oilers, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have a great chance to win this year. Why not uh, make your team the best it could possibly be? They have a great forward. They have a great goaltender. I don't understand why they didn't at least upgrade their defense. Like, mm-hmm. like look at a guy like Hayden Fleury. I don't know if they wanted to go there or not or if they didn't want him or not, but, like, Mike Riley, Hayden Fleury, they should have looked at those kind of guys, but uh, mm-hmm. they didn't, and uh, the, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I really think, think I really think like, looking at Toronto's a winner, I think they separated themselves from the pack, definitely. All right. All right. I respect that. I hope you're right. Um, I would say, uh, my last two winner or losers, um, my, and this is biased, yes, but I'd say maybe my last winner would be, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I was going to say the Blackhawks, too. Yeah, I thought I they say, did pretty well. Yeah, I think you and I are basically going to say the same points. They did what they needed to. It wasn't a loud trade deadline for them, but they made a lot of moves and they were, People joked and said they were, you know, rearranging deck chairs. You could argue that, but I think that they moved the pencil in the direction they needed it to be. You went from guy, you went from Yanmark, Soderberg, and Madison Bowie to moving up in the draft, getting a second, a third, 
getting a guy, getting a guy that uh, Jay Zawoski I saw on Twitter today put it perfectly. Guys like Highmore are a dime a dozen. That's yep. not, there's nothing notable about him, and that's no offense. You could easily him. find no someone like that in junior again. Like he is a Mark Dunk, and that's fine. <laughs> but you get a guy like Adam Gaudet who can definitely not be that, who de- who definitely uh, has a and chance. You could be more than that. that. Yeah, absolutely more than that. Be a notably good player, an effective player. In a, you know, I, I I could see him a very effective player in a third line role, maybe second line a pinch. And again, that all depends on development. But this is an organization that I trust with development, so I like the move. On paper, it's a good move. So, um, yeah, no, I really, I really like what the Hawks did this uh, deadline. I know you do too, and uh, it's isn't it nice to see Stan Bowman just wheeling dealing, man. Yeah, he's made about four or five moves in a row that are, they aren't gonna knock your socks off, but uh, good moves. They're they're yeah. moves. If he didn't flat out win it, he benefited from it. The team benefited Definitely. from it. Definitely, yeah. So. I like it. I like it a lot. My last loser is the Montreal Canadiens. Not because they acquired Eric Gustafson, but um, I don't know if you saw this, but I hate the fact that we have to bring up his name, but uh, the fact they were even in on Tony D'Angelo, I don't care that they got Gustafson. They were in on Tony D'Angelo. They were in on Tony D'Angelo, and I think that's an automatic uh, loser. When? Yesterday? Um, apparently it was like reported like Derek by Darren Dreger and Elliot Freeman that uh, they had interest, but Tony D'Angelo didn't go- want to go there though. Oh man, oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore that. Um, and I don't know how much you want to look into it, but that's that's the same team that traded PK Subban. Mark Vergevan's an interesting character. I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, not gonna make any claims. I'm just gonna say interesting character. Um, yeah. and that team as a whole sometimes, uh, I'd say my uh, final loser, um, just for the fun of it, uh, and one of the best reactions I've seen from a fan base. Oh yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> I think, you know, I think, you know, maybe, yeah, I, yeah. maybe, do oh, maybe, uh, I natural predators. Yeah. Oh, I was, thinking, Brinson, I was thinking Washington, but like Nashville. Oh no, no, that was, I mean, well, they're losers. I think that's almost, I feel like a given at this point. Yeah, kind of, uh, but <laughs> Nashville getting Eric Branson for yeah, I know twenty third seventh, and the best part it was this at the horn. David yeah. Foyle went no, 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 no I no, need no, to no, get no. Eric Branson. <laughs> David Foyle needs to make his annual bad deadline move, and he got that shit in at the buzzer. Yeah, and I for one, I for one. I'm excited to see Roman Yossi and Erica Branson side by hey, side. Hey, hey, what about Mark Morieski and uh, Erica Branson? Hey, just hey. All the Are you going to forget about Ben Harper? Oh, yes. That's right. He's very good in transition with the puck. <laughs> Have you ever seen that tweet? Where it's like Ben Harper will be in his shirts on this Leafs defense. As you can see, he's very good in transition. It's like his only NHL career goal. There was a, there was a Preds radio guy who said... He was saying how, like, you know, gassing up Gabranson is like, you know, plays this many minutes and all these hits and this and that. And someone said, maybe they could run with Harper. And he's like, ah, yes, you could go Twin Towers. <laughs> what? <laughs> and someone oh said, uh, I'm not exactly sure that's the best word choice of that. Yeah. You're the best uh, player choice. Uh, phrasing? Yeah. <laughs> not only is it bad phrasing, it's just terrible player choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, you know what scares me as a fan is seeing my team go up against Ben Harper and Erica Branson. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, I just really want to end it off with that beautiful move. David Poyle, you beautiful son of a bitch, you. Um, so the blue, the Blackhawks won last night against the Blue Jackets. How about yes, that? They did. Yes, nice they win. did. Brett Connolly really? scored in his Blackhawks debut, and Redden Hagel got the OT winner. Not bad. Aside from uh, Riley Stillman doing everything that I was worried he might do, um, uh, pretty much everything I could ask for, Brett Connolly gets in the scoreboard right away, as we know. Okay, that's all you can really score. ask for. Going and yeah. score 15 goals before the end of the year. We know this. Philip Khrushchev, beautiful. Uh, well, not exactly beautiful, but uh, he needed nice that. Right? He needed that really bad. Oh, yeah. No, nice to see Duncan Keith pop one and Brandon Hagel. Just beautiful, man. Love to see it. First OT winner in his career. Beautiful shot. Nice pass from Kirby Doc. Like we said. Great play uh, by Wyatt Kalanick to shake off. I forget who that guy was on Columbus. You know, basically was to run very Adam Boakfist. He's, he's definitely been getting a lot better, which is nice to see. Yeah, very uh, Adam Boakfist type of move. And uh, there was a right to Doc. Doc with a beautiful uh, cross-ice pass. Very underrated pass there. Just takes his time. Throws it right across the Brandon Hagel needle of a pass. And uh, just, yeah, Brandon Hagel throws a dart right under Corpus Al's glove. Beautiful, you, beautiful. Love it. And, sir, you brought up Adam Bogfist. He's in concussion protocol. Sorry to bring the moon down, but, like, no, we, no, we got to talk up about also, it. And also, all, again, all you can really hope is just he's okay and that he just All I can hope is that back. he's not rushed. Yeah. Yes, sorry uh, not to interrupt there, but, yeah, I <laughs> – I know we're both in agreement on that, uh, and uh, I I think that this is something they'll take more seriously than the uh, Kirby Doc wrist injury, or they'll be more cautious, I should say, um, about. Uh, because can, he's had uh, histories of it. Not that you shouldn't take a wrist injury carefully, but like that was kind of a freak accident. Adam Bogfus has had a history of this. Yeah, and I don't think he's only. The thing is, he had it last year. It's the first thing I thought about, and it just he's having such a great year, and then this happens, and it just. Yeah. Well, my phone has an alarm, as I said. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, you can just only hope for the best, hope that they take their time with it. If he really needs to have time off, give him all the time in the world. Do not rush him. No, I'm no. speaking from experience. Just so, get just please. get another get another one of your young defensemen there. Call Ian Mitchell back up. Get the Kizardov back in there. Get uh, uh, Nicholas Bowden. Just You don't need to rush him. The Kizardov, uh, Adam Boff is comparable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So if there's a if there's a chance that the Blackhawks want to get back into the playoffs, they won those two games against Columbus. Now you got two games against Detroit. Rack up those points, man. I did not remember there against Detroit. When did they play Detroit? Uh, th- uh, Thursday and Saturday, I think. Thursday and Saturday. Well, yeah, you need to win those games. You don't win those if, games if you, you want to get playoffs. to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I don't think play like, Nashville don't after that. Like, get your points in there, man. So and, yeah, they play Nashville after Detroit? Yeah. Oh, man. I, God, I did not check up on the schedule. That is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like the I – don't, I don't always like the term of, you know, you don't – if you don't, you know, you don't deserve to be in the play. Holy shit, Adam Ernie is their leading goal scorer. Uh, yep, I believe so. He's kind of been on a heater. Anyways, um – yeah, Detroit, Detroit, and then you got yeah those three against Nashville, and that so that, that is probably going to decide their fate. That yeah. is the playoffs right there. If they win all three of those games, they might make it, but uh, oh boy, like yeah, that, that you got to win. Be... You got to at least win two out of those three. Yeah, at least four points. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, 
interesting the the road twists once again i would say with the injury and uh you know they finally get back in the win column a couple of times in a row and uh yeah this focus injury makes it interesting but uh i don't know man i I, i'm not going to be uh putting my bets on them by any means but uh hey trajectory looks better get new faces in there uh like you said maybe ian mitchell comes back up i guess we'll have to wait and see Speaking of new faces, we're going to end it off with this. Henrik Borgstrom had two assists, including a primary, three shots on goal, and won 10 of 16 faceoffs in HIFK's 4 nothing win today in the regular season finale. Playoffs begin next week to, for AHIFK, which is from our good friend of the show, Scott Powers. So just thought I'd end it off at that. What are the odds that he's like invigorated that he wants to be a, play, be a Blackhawk? That's, that's the first thing I think, man, is yeah. I mean, uh, not to say that Florida's an awful place to play. I mean, you know, Joe Quinville, I'd say he's a pretty good coach, but uh, some people don't fit in certain systems, and uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out. You know, we've seen it with plenty of players, and uh, yeah, I mean, I if I'm Henrik Borgstrom, I'm excited. It's a new chance, and it's a chance with a team that's clearly, like we've said, it's a team that's had a good record as of late with young players, so why not? Why not? Why not? So, Alrighty. You know, yeah, good for him. Good for him, and hopefully he keeps it up for uh, his sake and for the Hawks' sake. Definitely. So I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add before we uh, close this sucker off? Uh, I, I just can't stop thinking about Erica Branson, man. That's awesome. <laughs> just, that is such a David Boyle move. I feel you, bad. I really do you, feel bad for my national You can't forget friends. Ben Hunt and the lock for Team Canada now. <laughs> if, if there was a way I could play a tweet, that would be the outro through and through today. <laughs> just perfect it's every it's every single hockey trade guy gets traded to the team fans lose their shit oh my god he's not a good player he's not a good player oh my god he's bad wait jay fresh posted some bars <laughs> maybe it isn't so bad after all <laughs> you know what i'm feeling pretty good about this ben hutton trade you know what he was good for this one year back in that one time and uh you know what i think we'll be perfectly fine with morgan riley in the playoffs Ah, uh, yes. Anyways, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you watched our live stream yesterday, I hope you had fun. And if you didn't, go burn in hell. And uh, <laughs> oh, one, thing, <laughs> one thing I do have to announce. I don't know if I like you being the host anymore. I think I'm going to have to intervene. Uh, I have to interview. I'm built in. Yeah. Oh, fans, <laughs> we all love you. Um, Pierce, is, uh, he's been having a, struff, a tough time lately. Uh, we're trying a to get him off drugs. Time. But... Uh, God, he just, uh, man, every time oh. I pick up the phone, man, I hear a bottle hit the ground. What am I supposed to do? Uh, no, but for real. Um, good news here. Um, the PJs cast has been partnered with uh, Blue Wire. Um, Blue Wire podcast, Blue Wire Hustle. But uh, Yay. Yay. it means nothing to you guys, but what it does for us, it helps us um, uh, grow our podcast and all that. And uh, I think it's a for us so um thank you for everyone that listens our place yeah. have shot up and uh please continue listening give us reviews and if it's a bad review at least make it uh funny so yeah thank you for tuning in and uh peace we'll talk to you guys nice.